All right. Welcome, everyone, to another Anime Secrets Declassified JoJo's podcast. I am Miguel Moreno here with the rest of the Joe Bros here to talk about the second half of the first season of Stone Ocean. Joining me today on this adventure is Rizwan. Hello. Riz, uh, glad you were able to catch up on the rest of the episodes. Because, man, let me tell you, last recording, it was hard not to go into any kind of other spoilers for the rest of the yeah, rest of the definitely. season. <laughs> and we're also joined by Anthony. Who is, uh, I guess, inmate 3651. <laughs> I'm, 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 yes. I guess, yeah, I mean, shit, we're already doing a freaking uh, thing about, you know, anime about prison, so... Yeah, it works. <laughs> yeah. And genuinely, uh, the second half of Stone Ocean, I'm just going to go out and say this. Uh, the first, the second half of the first season, uh, lots of two-parters, but uh, very well worth it, just the way they kind of build those up. And the sand fights in this part were... I think we can all agree. Definitely better than the uh, first half, which isn't a knock on the first half. It's just like it. the stakes just kind of got raised exponentially that quickly. Yeah, things went from calm to, oh, wow, what just happened? No doubt. Episode 9 through 12 again. Yeah. Just of how how much stuff happened and how much I didn't catch the first time. Like, honestly, I don't think I understood anything the first time it happened. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how y'all feel about it, but, like, I I was so confused the first time. Ah. Uh. No, the standabilities definitely got a little bit uh, wackier, but like I got the general gist of it. I know, well, like yeah. I rewatched a few of the episodes, like afterwards to kind of take some mental notes about them because I knew we were eventually going to do this podcast recording, just to kind of have a better grip and understanding. So yeah, no, they're these fights are definitely worth rewatching because. Uh, the stance just got more and more complex. Yeah. Yeah, I was super um, in love with it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Especially the uh, the the beginning, the first two part we get. Mm-hmm. It's actually my favorite, my favorite, my favorite two parter of this season in general. It's just that good. Fighters, and let's actually get started with it. Uh, it picked with uh, episode seven, picking up a little bit after uh, Hermes's episode. Uh, we get an update on Jolene uh, that our Hermes meets uh, Emporio uh, to give McQueen's disc, and uh, they're using the memory disc to t- try to get any kind of clue of where uh, White Snake, Pale Snake are hiding her dad's discs. 
because uh, as we learned, that's how a lot of the enemies here are going to be getting their stance is through these discs, through White Snake's ability. So no arrows. We go to CDs. Technology evolves, and you know it starts off a little bit lighter. Hey, well, the beginning of the episode creepy as hell already. Like yeah, absolutely yeah, a little bit thing blob just horror vibes from it that you remember you remember how jojo originally started off as a bit of a horror manga as well and you got that right off the bat with those two inmates just immediately getting got it was a definite callback to season one and i'm i'm here for that like it wasn't so Part one with Jonathan wasn't exactly, like, gory, but it had that sense of, like, horror to it, you know? Mm-hmm. So I definitely appreciate the callback to that in a really indirect way. Right. And, like, just that small little twist at the end, it's like, it wasn't you who wasn't pulling hard enough, it was me, and the dude's arms are just, like, just gone. Oh, dude, I was... <laughs> yeah. Poor dude will never recover from that. Oh, Oh, man, it was brutal. Yeah. It was brutal. And, you know, they go over, you know, they, hey, we got to try to find these inmates. You know, Hermesa and Jolene both kind of figure out they both got stands. Uh, Just uh, through their mutual, pardon me, meeting of Emporio. And so now, you know, they're, they're using this opportunity of looking for the prisoners to potentially try to find the uh, discs that White Snake uh, hid away, and you know one of the things we kind of get right off the bat is uh, you know a couple of the uh, people from the opening we kind of see them there, and you think they're going to play an important role. And, and then what, what's up? And they might. Until uh, the girl with the green hair, Tro, just gets blown up after the guard gets uh, taken out. Because yeah. uh, they, they get the bracelets. Uh, it's like, oh, when you stray away from the mission or if you stay far away from me for more than 50 meters, this is just going to go off. And I got a lot of Suicide Squad vibes from this. It's like, oh, I've seen this. This is going to... and I. When I was watching the episode, I just jokingly said to myself, I'm like, huh, I bet it'll be like Suicide Squad. They just blow up. And when it happened, I'm like, huh, I'll be damned. They do blow up. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, this remi- I, remember, I get Suicide vibes from it now, like Suicide Squad vibes now. Mm-hmm. More so the first 20 minutes or so of the second movie mm-hmm. that you made me watch it at one time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely get the vibes from that. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, I didn't. Wa- I don't think I watched much after, but I remember the first ten, fifteen minutes or something. Yeah, just uh, blew her up, and you know, if you had watched the opening and they had featured her fairly prominent, and if you didn't read the manga, at this point you were probably super confused as hell. <laughs> yeah, you're you're like, wait, she blew up. How 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 is she still in the show? Like, what? Yeah. And Riz, I know you haven't read the manga, so I kind of want to get your feelings on it. What did you like think when 
Uh, she just got blown up right then and there pretty unceremoniously. I mean, I was just like, alright, I guess you're gonna die and we'll nice knowing you? <laughs> I-, I didn't expect what comes next, you know, that, that that was not what I expected. Right. No, it was, uh, it was wild. And, you know, I wasn't also expecting like the stand to be inside the bucket and just like, Oh yeah. So many of those things. I'm like, Oh, what the heck? It's I like mean, a- is this the most we've seen a stand split into multiple little individual things? I want to say think... since uh, Shigechi's in part four with Harvest. But, like, I think... Good callback. Never... Good callback. I forgot about but that I one. I was thinking about the bullets. Uh, sex pistols? Yeah. Yeah, but there was only six of those guys. Right. And with Shigechi's Harvest, like, they did some animation tricks, too, where, like, there's a lot of them, but, like, they really drew, like, so many of them, and the rest were kind of just, like, blurred in. Uh, that gave the impression that there was a lot. So it's like, I want to say since Harvest that we didn't end, and I guess to an extent Metallica from part five, but just like, you know, the little amoeba things that uh, this stand was just uh, back to kind of the creep vibes. And, you know, just kind of dragging on there. I thought it was just like a liquid kind of stand, but I, uh, Amoeba Plankton, not not what I was expecting. No. And I I still okay, so the stand user is Amoeba, right? I'm not crazy. So and we can kinda reach into the next episode from here, because again two parters, so they kinda get they, they kinda get put together. together. It's and honestly uh, I forgot where the split was, so yeah. It we actually randomly got to it. So, uh, in the next episode, called uh, FF or Foo Fighters, uh, we learn uh, that the uh, stand user is a stand who controls a stand. A stand somehow got sentient life and has its own stand, is from my understanding of it. It, it is wonky. It is wild, but I just kind of shrugged because before they even get to figuring out that there's a stand user on there, you know, they're suspecting like, hey, one of you guys is the stand user, one of the three other girls there. And at first, you know, they kind of played for a fake out because you see uh, three, you saw the three of them that were in the opening. So you think it's like the one that wasn't in the opening. That was the uh, stand user. It turns out it was everyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, basically, Jolene basically took a book out of Okiyasu's book and just was like, I don't know who the, who the stand user might be, so I'm just going to knock any knock you both out. Yeah. Well, I'll mm-hmm. to knock, knock both of them out. Oh, yeah. And, you know, the uh, stand Foo Fighters are very... Very interesting. Uh, very eclectic. Very aquatic, mm. and you know it. With JoJo, sometimes the easiest, uh, 
easiest way to defeat a stand was just like it likes water, make it dry out. Mm-hmm. And so, like, we'll get to the ending part, the ending portion of the fight here. But I really, really did like this. How you know they're both essentially fighting the same person, but just uh, two different stands at once. Yeah. So what do you guys think? What did you guys think of the fight overall? The fight overall, so I will say it was very crafty on Zolian's part to pull him so far away from the water. Mm-hmm. Her from the water, sorry. Um It it felt like Zotaro all over again with the intellect and the strategy and the thinking ahead type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, the same was same was true for Giorno to an extent. You know, just really tactical kind of people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I liked seeing how Jolene tackles a problem, and how she reconciles and finds a solution that's just so off the wall. I mean, there's some stuff in later episodes where I'm just like. Girl, how are you this far ahead of the enemy? Mm-hmm. So, I I think it's a good first demonstration of her true abilities as a stand user. I mean, I know we had fights before now, but this is the one that really kind of sealed the deal of like what she can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anthony, what do you think? Yes, yeah, Jolene is very very crafty. I'm really loving the fact that. She used her stand like her stand so so very versatile, and like I said, she just got the stand like literally like you know maybe not even of like a whole week maybe maybe he had like she had for like maybe a few days maybe weeks so far. So to be able to do that kind like that amount in just a short amount of time is really like just profound because most most majority of the other stand users. That you know, mainly that main leads of JoJo's besides Jotaro, of course, because Jotaro had, you know, just got his stand literally, uh, at the at the start of Star Wars Crusaders. So it's kind of like a a good uh parallel because they both got their stands when they were when they were you know young. So. Mm-hmm. And also, we gotta give props to to Hermes too, because like she she did her thing too. Mm-hmm. No, I like yeah, no, it. definitely. See, she contributed in a good way. I think they really complement each other, and I'm glad we found her again. I was kind of wondering if we'd see her after the first couple episodes, where she kind of vanished for a bit. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, she had her own episode in Sex, but like, yeah, with how much uh, some of these characters introduced have been uh, featured prominently in like for one episode, and then have just slowly. Faded into, faded into the background. It was a pretty legit concern to have. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's always like concerning when you see like a really cool main character, and then they lose screen time for so long with no warning. Mm-hmm. Um, it's difficult to know what is the intent of the creators at that point. No, but it like after this set of episodes like you kind of realize oh no you know now that's the real deal yeah she is she serves as the uh, main 
Joseph of this part. Yeah. And genuinely, uh, just the way uh, you you would think, like, a stand that all it does is either duplicate or duplicate something, or once you remove the sticker, it's just going to send back to user. Like, you wouldn't think that'd be that effective, but the way she's been uh, putting in work these last few episodes, it's like, you know what? Maybe this isn't so lame at all. Maybe this is uh, a little bit slightly uh, underrated. Like, not all stands have to be uh, super punch-happy. You know, just something as yeah. easy as that it, just can make work. It, 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 it's helpful to have, but, you know, it's not. it shouldn't just be that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I will say, I'm very grateful that Gwes isn't one of the recurring characters we see every episode doing something critical. Yeah. That's fair. Gwest was not somebody I liked. <laughs> oh, no one liked her. <laughs> she needs to just go off and meow to herself or whatever it was she was telling Jolene to do. <laughs> Sorry, no. squeak, squeak. <laughs> no. Squeak, 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 squeak. Oh, yeah, I know. And, uh, no, and then for Foo Fighters, just like the origin, how it was made. Just. But Disc got thrown into the uh, sea and landed on some plankton, and he was born. Yeah. Or it was born. Just like that. Yeah. And so it was only serving uh, a white snake just because it really didn't know anything better. But it was a lot smarter than you than it would let on. So you can tell it's been learning during its time guarding the discs. And one other piece of horror. Uh, body order that this one had it's how he made the body of one of the inmates by using the skin of the ones he killed in the prior episode that was uh... a <laughs> that was very disturbing that was, that was and, disturbing uh, but it was also creative but more disturbing than creative and then you realize why uh that person had that uh two skin tones on them mm-hmm. yeah yeah and so after, uh, back to the episode at hand, uh, after Jolene uses the strings to drive the tractor and the discs away, because Foo Fighters, like, even though it was smarter, or it was very sentient and much smarter, it still had its one mission, protect the discs. However, by running after them in a place away from water, just dried up super quick. And instead of killing it, Jolene shows in mercy. Yeah. And that surprised me. I didn't expect her to send mercy, but once they explained why, it made sense. Like, I, I got it, you know? Mm-hmm. Because it wasn't protecting the discs out of, like, extreme loyalty to Whitesnake. It was just doing it because, like, at that point, that's all it really knew. Like it was, it was its purpose. It was, it was it was fulfilling its purpose. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, not just fulfilling its purpose, but it was essentially doing it for their own sakes because they thought if the discs are gone, it dies. Yeah. And so it was not like a necessity, not a necessity for for its own life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just trying to ensure it lived. It didn't care for anything beyond that. Mm-hmm. It didn't care for White Snake or uh, 
anyone else it's like this is so i could potentially live and not die yeah but, uh jolene kind of showed in mercy because it's like at any really given point instead of going after the discs you could have killed us and then gotten the discs but clearly those things are your priority more than anything so you're not working for our enemy yeah and you know at the end it uh, ends up possessing it puts back together the body of the green-haired girl a tro and it's like well now we know now we know and why that, she appears in the cool. intro. That's yeah. true. Now we know. <laughs> and it says, I'm going to use this as my casing for a little wilder. What did it say? Like, not casing, but like, uh, my, it'll be my puppet, I think is what they said. It'll be my disguise, because it could kind of keep the liquid inside the body. But it's like, I put it together as best I could, but uh, there's some things I need to change. Like this There's some assembly required. Yeah. This sand's not going to be working. And we find not Jotaro's memory disc, but his stand disc only. Star Platinum. We find Star Platinum. And you start to wonder, why take Jotaro's memory disc, but not his stand disc? Why not take the stand disc of the stand that went above the world? Why not take the stand that actually defeated Dio? Like, very clearly, there's some Dio connection with the villains that we're going to explore later, but, and, you know, uh, they're truly in servitude to Dio in some weird way. Mm-hmm. You'd want to have the power that destroyed your master. No, definitely. So, it's confusing. And, and I mean, we do get an answer in this season, so I'm happy with that. Yes. No, I am happy uh, they show why. But we finally see the user of Whitesnake. Enter Enrico Pucci, the head priest of the prison. Now, Riz, Anthony, are you guys expecting a priest to be the villain of of the season? No, never something that crossed my mind. If I had to go back, because like I said, I, I'm already like ahead and ahead of this story already. I honestly did not see, the, see that coming. I was like, really? Take it to church, I see. <laughs> mm-hmm. And one, I I guess... got, one thing I got to compliment, Poochie's design is effing top tier. Oh my goodness, that is just that I I his his design is it's heavenly. It's heavenly. (laughs) No, it is pretty awesome. Like man, and I've seen manga panels of him before. The anime just knocked it out of the park with this design. Like they really did bring it. They really did do the panels justice. I, ooh man, it's just awesome. So, did anyone else get Polnara vibes initially? No. Okay. From who exactly? From from Enrico. 
Not really. I mean, not not in how he looks, but like the cherry thing. Oh, oh you mean yeah. Kakui? Oh, wait, you mean Kakui? Wasn't that Ponor? Kakui was the one with the with the with that, that did the thing with the cherry. Like, blah, 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 blah. he did that. Yes. Said, okay, I got names mixed up. <laughs> yeah, don't you all get Kakuin vibes from that? No, I just got typical villain is weird vibes from him. <laughs> okay. I just assume that he just was very good at uh, t- look at you know twisting cherries with his tongue. So <laughs> if you ladies out there are looking for a very psychotic psychotic um. Priest that that you know is worshiping worship worship vampires. You can always go after this guy. <laughs> well, the thing is, he's like, single, ladies. Still... The thing about Bucci <laughs> is he's still not really worshiping Dio. He's a follower of him, and he thinks Dio's plan. Which we'll get to. We will get to that here shortly. Like I, I don't want to jump too far ahead. Right. 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 Because that, like, that is the thing we can all definitely discuss when we get to it. Because uh, there's going to be a lot to unpack on that final episode. Uh, So when we get to that here after we get through the next few things. Because there's still a lot to unpack here. Like, these these were just the first two episodes, like, of the second half where we met the new person. We finally got the reveal of the main villain. And, I feel like you know, more happened in D6 than the first six. Yes. Uh, mainly because the first six were also setting up uh, the personalities and the characters yeah. of the season. And yeah, then definitely. these next six just start getting the plot going. Because the one thing I'll give Stone Ocean this, uh, which is something that we haven't seen in a in any of the series since I want to say Phantom Blood is like the episodes or the story is getting rolling like right off the bat like in Battle Tendency you know we had Strizo and then we had Santana before we got to the Pillarmen uh Stardust Crusaders it's like we got to go to Egypt to defeat Dio but so like that story really didn't pick up in intensity or in kind of stakes feeling until we got to Egypt. Like, I feel like that's when the story actually started kicking off into high gear. Because for the most part, it's just like villain of the week, villain of the week, villain of the week. Which, when he was, when Iraqi was still developing the purpose of stance, like, made sense because he was still trying to figure them out, how he's going to do it, how he can really test them. And then Diamond is Unbreakable, like, we saw, like, the hand for Kira, like, in the first episode, but we don't really get the main motivation until maybe partway through. We have a couple, like, we have a side villain in Chili Peppers, but nothing that really kind of gets the ball going. And then Golden Wind, we don't deal with Diavolo until partway through the series as well. So what I give Stone Ocean this, it's like, we got our main villain, and we're going to get their motivations like super early. So we know we kind of get an idea of where the story's going. And 
that's why these next six episodes or these six episodes of the second half just like felt like there was so much to them and that's because like they are setting up the story what they're going to be fighting or what the goal of the villain is like super early on Yeah, I definitely agree. That was something that I also appreciated. Because we're not just spending time building a story to have a story. We have the story. We have an idea why. Now it's going to be a matter of what happens from here. How do we take down the big bad or how does the big bad take us down? Mm-hmm. So it, we're not focusing on building a story. We're focused more on executing it now i think does that make sense yes we have the setup but now it's like okay so how is it going to build towards the resolution yeah and it doesn't feel like it's going to be taking too many detours as of now honestly i wouldn't be surprised if this turns into be like a 24 episode deal or something just given the pacing we have right now oh man Riz. unless there's a lot more to come in the manga that i'm not aware of they don't stay in the prison for the entirety of it really Mm-hmm. okay i thought the entirety of this thing was set in the prison it's no. mainly set in the prison but it doesn't oh. all take place there Sightspoilish well, for people. That's good. Well, I mean, you know, it's, it's not, not really a spoiler per se, but just more of an informational, like, hey, this happens in later parts, just so you know what's right. going on. Like, it's not all going to be taking place in the prison. Right. But, uh, uh, after seeing that the discs are gone, Poochie is like, Jotaro's daughter is going to be a bit of an issue. She could potentially be a thorn in my side. And so, like, he's not really upset that the discs are gone because those are all just like, I don't really need them. I have more. But this was a thing where he's like, I got to take care of this problem, which leads us to one of my favorite episodes of the season, the Marilyn Manson episode. And. Don't you mean Mary Lynn? Mary yeah, but Manson. I'm sorry. Uh, the Mary Lynn Manson episode, and the way it started off, one just shows you how attentive Poochie is, and two, yeah, you got some schizos in the prison because we meet uh, Mershon, who's trying to get parole, and she's begging the father, "Please, is you're a man of God? Can you get me parole?" And while he's thinking about it, slammed, like, I forgot if he kneed her or slammed her head into the table. But essentially, he knocked her out because she had stolen one of his golden crosses and put some discs into her, baby. And tells her, That means she is a stand user. Mm -hmm. And tells Mm -hmm. her, Get Star Platinum's disc back. And, you know, it sets up the villain for the episode. Also, it sets up uh, a little bit more Foo Fighters as they're learning to get used to their human body and do not touch their water cup. 
Yeah, I would say the Water Cup is like their life. It's it's fun watching them learn human etiquette, I think. Mm-hmm. Because you can see the other two is like, why are you doing this? Be normal. Who fires is like, no touchy, no touchy. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't touch. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, it does have a single cell mind, you know, so. Right. Makes sense. One track mind. Well, that and it needs, like, it needs water. It needs water. That's it, it you know. And yeah. so they're uh, learning to play catch. And all of a sudden, who shows up but Mirishan? And we get a little gambling action going. And it's like, I bet you can't catch the ball 100 times in a row. And they're like, we're at 77, we can go ahead and do this, and man, those are some intense games of catch. Yeah. Uh, they succeed the first time, and then uh, challenges them again, but do it another hundred times, but ups the ante to a thousand. Now that Jolie, she would be an excellent gambler, because she knows when to quit. She's like, nope. I already won my hundred. Get get me out of here. But some but her mess just uh unfortunately just falls for the trick. Falls yep. for the trap, accepts the bet and takes the plays. And Got money on her mind. Sorry, I I <laughs> had to <laughs> I mean listen, thousand dollars just to catch a ball a hundred times? You know, split up Hell yeah. Oh, that's only fifty times. But uh, Michonne, she was a tricky one because uh, recess was up for the prisoners and they had to start confiscating everything away. And I think this episode kind of just played up to just like the like not all stand users are going to be like uber broken. A lot of them are going to be crafty users. And mm-hmm. this Michonne chick just was like trying to find Every bending, every rule cheat, every bend she could find to win this bet. And what happens? But, uh, you know, her mess is, uh, tries to cheat using her stand. And then we see Marilyn Manson show up and, <laughs> oh, man. Marilyn Manson's not happy. Nope. Who would have thought a liver was worth a thousand dollars? I mean, depends on the black market you talk to, I guess. That's true. They they do sell for a high price. That why else do you see always see like a whole bunch of like shows and movies where they have scenes where people are like, wait, did you just take out my like one of my kidneys or my like like? They have a scene of of somebody. They'll wake up in a tub of ice and like their body organs have been harvested and all that. It makes sense. They'll be like, oh, I, I took your organs for like, you know, the black market. So it should go for a high penny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But only a thousand for a liver? Oh man, Hermes is getting gypped. Well, it wasn't even worth a thousand. She only had like a couple hundred on her. The liver was worth less than that. Yeah. 
So I'm guessing it just so if you don't if you don't have all the funds, it's gonna take what it's gonna take something something that could be worth what the what the stand thinks it's worth. I guess if that makes sense. Yeah, it analyzes you and finds the thing that's worth the most to you, to, or that's most important for you or to you to make up for the lack of funds to cover the losing wager. Which so it picked a liver? It picked the liver. I mean, I guess you need those, right? You do need your liver. Mm-hmm. Uh, can't really process too much stuff without it. Yeah. And so Jolene steps in, bet ups the ante. You know, the ante gets upped. Uh, uh, so basically, 1,000 times uh, catching the ball between them for Marilyn Manson to return everything that was taken. And we get some fuckery going around and some wacky shenanigans of uh, catch. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And just like, just playing through, and then playing in the dark. It's like, what the hell? Who, who thinks of this? Who thinks of this as a stand fight? It's just like they're just playing catch, but it's like, all right, make them play catch in the dark. Make them on separate levels. Uh, you know, have these people constantly interrupting them. It's like. You know, you think a simple game of catch really can't be that intense, but, like, you, they just keep throwing all those obstacles in there. Like, it gets you in the moment. It's like, oh, shit, catch this ball. But, yeah, no. Yeah, uh, so in this case, I mean, the stand isn't all about punchy-punchy. It's about strategic technique you're going to use to give people hell and i mean look that's that's some hell to enter it's not easy to do what they did no and i mean at least i don't think so right and it wasn't so much the stand itself it was the user all the stand is is a debt collector yeah the stand is pretty much invincible too like you cannot damage this this stand at all like you can punch it kick it all you want to it's not it's going to phase through all of your attacks so you have to disable the user in order to get rid of the stand Mm-hmm. Because a stand doesn't care about anything except collecting the debt, and if it's not collecting the debt, it it can't take damage. I don't think it doesn't manifest no, until no. the debt needs to be collected. It it can't take damage regardless of like it's a it's a very specific stand, but it's uh, very powerful. And you know, we get to uh, one of my favorite moments where they're in the elevator. Guard comes in, confiscates the ball, and you think, shit, they lost. Until Jolene just pulls out a trump card out of nowhere. Because the way the stand also works is very similar to the Darby Brothers stance from Part 3. Where if you think you lost, or if you feel, if you feel it that you've lost, or you cheated, the stand comes in and you basically like you lose your soul, you know, you get turned into the doll, whatever it, but the stand, once the stand sees that 
you know, you yourself admit defeat, like it comes in. It's how it got her a mess. But with Jolene, she didn't give a fuck how she won. And sorry for my language, but she didn't give an F for that. And she even tells her, it's like, you know, we never agreed on who my partner was going to be. We just agreed that me and somebody or that I with someone will be able to throw the ball and catch it a thousand times. And so she looks over to uh, Marishan and she's like, and honestly, I lost track of how many times we had already done this. So what was it? 800? 900? Let's just go for a thousand here and just almost the living daylights out of her with a baseball a thousand times. And that was just, oh, that was just beautiful. I will say the fact that Stone Ocean includes the Oro 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 from before seasons really adds something here. It's like a mix of nostalgia and also this more feel to make me laugh because I love when they do that. Just do the one to the multiple page beat down. Yeah. Yeah, it was nice. It's just like Jolene's theme playing. Yeah, I didn't specify. Also, the way she like got the baseball back by turning that into string. Okay, that was creative. That was super creative. I, I was, I gotta get Proster props to you here, and that that was some creative stuff. Yeah. I think I found myself saying that a lot during these next couple fights. Like, yeah, that was really unique. Holy cow. Yeah. Right? No, absolutely uh, great stuff there. And just just the pummel beat down there. And then the discs just eject. And uh, she is retired. Oh, and I'm so glad that came back. Uh, stand user, retired. Must retire. Unable to continue on. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. And not just that, but she retrieves the two discs and she made some money along the way. Which, you know, she can finally start getting uh, some more access to other things in the prison. Including call time. Which brings us to the Savage Garden episodes. Another two-parter. And, you know, we get to we get to see an interaction between a uh, Joestar member and the Speedwagon Foundation, which we don't get too much of that since season two. They've uh, kind of been in the background because they're just, uh, you know, as the phone representative told Jolene, it's like, well, first of all, when she called, you know, the clerk lady's like, uh, yeah, why are you calling us from this number? And the way they still have a connection to the Joestar line, like, even after all these years, uh, is something that... I mean, okay, so think about that for a second. It's only been probably... I would say 70 years. Yeah, seven decades to still have a connection with someone? Long well, after the... It's been 50, 
it's been 60 years since Speedwagon died? Yeah. But I mean, I imagine the people, like whatever heir to the throne that came after Ario, they didn't die an early death. I'm assuming they lived a very long lives, so yeah, they would dedicate their lives to it. You gotta remember, Speedwagon died a lifelong bachelor. Yeah, he never had kids. Yeah. You're right. So I think what he did was that I think he made the Joe Stars the the benefactors of the Speedwagon Foundation. Not even hence why most of Joseph's money came from his real estate stuff. Like they have, like the Speedwagon Foundation is still helping them because, well, one they still have a pillar man underneath Washington D.C. or wherever their headquarters are at. But it's like there's a there's like basically an Illuminati section that's designed for this. But the fact that that's been kept around for like that long, because it's been 30 plus years since uh, Stardust Crusaders took place or almost 30 years since Stardust Crusaders. Yeah. And, you know, the fact that Jolene's like, can you get me to someone Mm -hmm. Or I'm Jolene Cujo. Can you get me to someone who would know about this, or who would know about why this is important, why my name is important, and also the fact that Jotaro like had that uh, wherewithal to say, "Hey, you know, this is the name of my daughter. Should she get involved in any of this stuff? Like, that's the name you need to be on the lookout for." And the fact that they were, you know, the guy was there and we get an update on Jotaro's condition and he's in the same kind of capsule that Goku was in before he fought Frieza in Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well uh, played, Meg. I never thought about that. Well, I mean, I just saw I'm that sure. capsule, the liquid, the blue liquid, the bubbles going in there. Uh, but, you know... The memory discs can bring people back, as they kind of saw with um, McQueen. Like, after he got electrocuted and all that death stuff, when they put the discs back in him, he was back to normal. So we know that... Now, that begs the question. What if they implanted Star Platinum's disc into, say, Jolene or something? It rejected her. We did already see that. It's yeah, like a that small, already. I believe it Fair. was in the last episode where uh, she tried putting it in and Star Platinum just oared her and the disc popped right out. Fair. Uh, also, the stand so is there like a, the is it a link? There, there could be a chance that another character could take Star Platinum. However, if if the stand is too strong for them to handle it will still reject them even if they don't have a stand. Right. And that's mm-hmm. the thing. Uh, with the stands, like, the stands have to accept you, essentially. Like, you have to be compatible uh, with them. It's why Marishan was able to be compatible with a stand like Marilyn Manson. It wasn't so much that she was strong enough, but she was more of a crafty one. And the stand that she had didn't really need a lot of kind of, like, strength. It just needed essentially like a good mind to work with. Star yeah. Platinum, on the other hand, 
is a stand that surpassed the world. So you need to be ridiculously strong for that, for that stand to even accept you. Like, I don't know if it's like a strong will, strong body, strong something. It just rejected it. It could be all the above, to be honest. Yeah, it could be a mixture of everything. But we know that Star Platinum just straight up rejected somebody already. And so we they know they have to get the memory disk back. Uh but if they have one of them, they like they theorize that it could potentially stop Jotaro's body from dying, because that's the other thing. He's not dead, but he's slowly dying. Right. And I so... will say the way that they weaponize stands in this season to be like this thing that he can take away. It's very fascinating to think about. Mm -hmm. It is. And it's, you know, like I said uh, in the last episode, like going into this, I was like wondering, I'm like, well, how how are they going to be getting stand users? Because I'm like, there's no way they're going to be like uh, hot potatoing that locket that Jolene has for like that long. Like, at one point, you just, like, leave that thing in your jail cell, and that's it. Right. And so the way uh, you see from Poochie, he's just been gathering, like, a bunch of stand users. We don't know if it's just been from people in the prison or, you know, he's been traveling a lot. Maybe, like, they'll probably get answered later on as we go on through the season, but... Like, that initial thing, it's like, he has reserves of a lot of stands. So mm -hmm. he's been clearly planning for something like this for a while. And so just, like, he's being very crafty about who he gives the stands to as well. But uh, as Jolene's talking to the representative, he's like, listen, we're, we're a science and research team. Like, we don't have any kind of military. We don't have any kind of weapons. But right. if you can meet us out in the courtyard with that disc here in 20 minutes, we have one shot of doing something for you, but you have to make sure that you're out there after this. And he also warns her. It's like, you know, we're probably getting recorded, right? Like, they are more than likely going to monitor this call. Whoever, you know, played, whoever had this, plan to get Jotaro in there, they're probably going to be recording this, but Jolene's like, listen, we got one shot to save my dad. We got to, like, I need to put the options out there right now. I don't care if they're listening in. We yeah. got to get this done. And so, she's got to go out to the courtyard. Uh, but before she goes, goes there, she meets up with Emporio again, and we kind of start learning how he gets around which he hides in the ghost room. Uh, that's just uh, oh, immune from time and space, evidently. Or just immune to the loss of physics, because that was weird, the ghost room. But we meet uh, probably... I, I don't know if he'll end up being my favorite, but he's the front runner right now. We meet Weather Report. Someone without memories. 
And much like Pucci, goddamn, I love this guy's design. It's a good character. Um, I wouldn't say they're my favorite in this in this one. Mm-hmm. But they have a really good character and skill set. I will say that. Yeah, their stand is... It is something else. Also, I like his hat. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, but, you know, he has no memories, but he wants to help her. And so he demonstrates the power. He can control weather. Yeah. He got the storm. And he uh, uses this to... Uh, about an inmate named uh, Lang Wrangler who's been following them. And, you know, we get, you know, we jump into our next fight with Jumpin' Jack Flash, which I'm like, all right, I love that Rolling Stones reference. That is pretty <laughs> awesome. But, you know, another unique power, gravity control. It's, it's a really extreme gravity control as well. It's not like you're running the bill... That you typically think of when you have the gravity control. Right. Like most of the time, whenever it's like gravity control, they just like, oh, now you're heavier. You can't move. It's like just right. down. Yeah. Not too often you get the one that's like, yeah, now you're floating. Yeah. And, you know, it's not just her, but like anything Jolene touches uh, be- just becomes weightless. And he steals the stand disc. And then, you know, he starts retreating and Jolene calls out for weather report. And we hear, like, we complimented Jolene's theme in the last episode. Weather report's theme is also pretty freaking top tier. Oh, yeah. Just like that, the slow buildup and then just like starts going. It's like really got a nice funky beat. It's like, oh, man, it's just like you can vibe to that theme. But okay, name a theme or name a JoJo song you don't like. You can't, can you? That's fair. I mean, but out of all the parts, what? I can't say I hate any. I can't say I hate any of them. Cause I even like freaking um Jonathan's theme from part one. Uh, what's wrong with Jonathan's theme? Nothing. I'm, I'm, I'm saying. I'm saying there's nothing wrong with it. I thought I was going to like it, but I, but I do like it. Okay. Uh, okay. I, yeah. It's more or less. I can't. I can't find any any I, song I, there. I don't. There's like. there's one, but that's just because like they didn't really play it too many times, and I think he had like multiple themes played out whenever he was fighting. And I'd say it's uh, it'd be Joseph, and he's like my favorite JoJo, but I think he has. Probably has the weakest theme out of all of them. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, for the... Uh, before we get too sidetracked, uh, there is a YouTuber out there named Samuel Kim, and he's been just releasing so many of these, like, remix themes from Part 6. Like, you guys should give him a listen to. He, uh... Ooh, man, those are good, and he, like immediately did a weather reports theme like not even a day after 
Part 6 was released. <laughs> and, oh man, I think my favorite comment about Weather Report, this guy will make you chill while watching Netflix. Uh, <laughs> where'd you get that from? Uh, YouTube comments. That but was well played. It was very well played. I can't even, I can't be mad. I just can't. But no, just like his theme just like kicks in when he's chasing after jumping Jack Flash and you know gravity becomes zero. How does he make himself unaffected? He counters with atmospheric pressure. Yep. Like you think, oh weather control. He can shoot lightning. He'll make it rain. He'll cause storm winds. Nope. Straight up, we go into more technical. It's like, I'm going to use this to essentially create a mini atmospheric pressure to make myself not be uh, hit not be hit by the uh, junk you're shooting at me with, uh, with your gauntlets. Which, another thing, uh, this guy's stand, I don't know what it looks like, or it's a suit stand similar to uh, Seko and uh, Giacco from Part 5, but just like the gauntlet machine guns, he shoots out like freaking Terriermon from Digimon 3. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just like, like, uh, alright. This is, this is bonkers, I'll take it. I, You know, I'm watching JoJo's, I, I should be expecting this, but it's like, every new enemy just like hits me with something Something just as interesting, and uh, machine gun gauntlets that shoot screws and nuts and other junk, uh, not on there. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's not enough, as he also touches Jolene, and, you know, they chase Wrangler into the main factory area, because... You know, that's where the fight kind of leads to. So, what do you think? What do you guys think about the uh, first part of this fight? Um, good. Good. I heard your mic go off, but oh no, um, I actually thought this fight was actually pretty uh, interesting because, like, the entire most of the entire fight, it was really just like these, like Jolene and and uh, Weather Report were on the freaking ropes this whole time. Like, you know, you weren't even sure if they were going to get out of this alive. And then with Jolene's quick thinking, she she changed the cheat, uh, turned the tables and, you know, ends up stopping him, which was fun. Of course, that's obvious. Mm -hmm. And like I said, weather report, man. If I'm pretty sure if he wasn't there with her, she would have died. 100%. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. And, like, at first, I wasn't certain when I first saw him brought out, like, could we trust him? Because, quite frankly, I didn't trust a kid at the time. Right. Because we don't know who these people are. They're just... Right. So, like, for all we know, they could be part of the, you know, whatever plot's going on against him. Mm Mm-hmm. So... You know, on one hand, I'm sitting there like, Weatherman's awesome. On the other hand, I'm like, so when's the betrayal happening, guys? Mm-hmm. And color is surprised. 
He never betrayed him. Nope. Nope. No, he did not. Uh, he was, uh, you know, he, and it's one of those things. It's like he's in, he has amnesia. And so judging from kind of, well, we'll kind of see later on. But right here, you can start putting like some things together. Like, why doesn't he have his memories? Well, you know, you can start to kind of theorize. It's like, well, we know that Poochie takes two discs, your memory disc and your stand disc. So you can kind of put this in like, what if Poochie just stole this guy's memory disc? And just left him with a stand disc, potentially. And, you know, this kind of gets answered uh, in this second part of, or here in a few episodes, but, like, because they're all really tied together. So before I jump too far ahead with a uh, weather report and kind of where, where we think his character's going to go, we got to get down to the spite, where at first we think, all right, gravity control, they're just... You know, they're just absolutely loose. Nothing going on. Well, they uh, they start hitting you with some, some science stuff here. And Riz, I know you're the big NASA guy here. Uh, what did you think about all this space talk and how being stuck in a zero-gravity vacuum and, you know, any small cut just starts getting your blood sucked out? Okay, so I don't know how true any of that is. <laughs> I don't know if I believe the hot temperature of the blood being a thing when there's zero vacuum. I, I just, it might be true, honestly, mm-hmm. but I don't know. Um, I'm not a biologist, so yeah. Um, I was like, okay, I, I'll I'll go with this idea of that's how science works in this world. Mm-hmm. And it's potentially how it works in my world, but I'm not going to say this how it works in my world because, quite frankly, it sounds insane. Yeah. I mean, this whole fight here was just insane. I mean, Insta swelling up and bursting, that that seems extreme for what was actually happening. Well, for me, it's just like, it just shows like how much more expansive the stance are with, you know, you think, oh, gravity control, he'll either make it heavier or lighter. And then he's like, no, we're going to make this a zero gravity vacuum, like, dome here. Mm-hmm. Like, what? Like, at first you think, oh, she's just weightless. They, they'll, they have to find a way to fight like, fight this guy, but they're essentially on the moon. No. like This guy just made it way worse because it's not just like anything she touches. It's just like an entire vacuum now. Yeah. And then you know, what with weather report on the opposite spectrum, it's like okay, you can create as atmospheric pressure, and now he's creating spacesuits with clouds out of the remaining air that was in the area. What? Things have clearly happened. It clearly happened. I enjoyed it. I'm just like, oh, well, that's a nice cloud spacesuit. Yeah. And so you and start... see, 
that's another thing with the science that I don't know if I believe or would support. I I don't believe that, but it looked cool yeah. and it, it was entertaining, cool. and I was oh. satisfied with yeah. that. Absolutely, yeah, it was definitely very entertaining. Hmm. But you know, my mind's like, how do you take clouds to make a spacesuit to prevent other things from hitting you? And to also give you air. Well, the thing was, like, the suits didn't prevent them from be- getting hit because that was one of the dangers they were experiencing. Like, they couldn't take too many hits. Because, yeah, the cloud suits, is one, was going to prevent, like, whatever injuries they had already sustained from uh, Wrangler for a little bit. But, you know, rather, Weather Report even said, like, this is just like limited. Like we're still losing blood. This is still this is gonna stop it. But any kind of extra damage they take, like the cloud suit just like disappeared. Like mm-hmm. it was still getting cut up. So it wasn't protecting them from damage. It was just stopping them from bleeding out completely. Right. Yeah. And so they gotta figure out this like Jolene eventually figures out, hey. This guy has a limited range, and you know she's trying to find it. Wrangler, 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 whatever. Wrangler, jeez. Mm-hmm. Ah, Lang Wrangler. Why couldn't he have just named them normally? <laughs> getting the Why L and the R. Just... I'm getting the L and the R mixed up with this dude. I know. Wrangler eventually uh, damages. Uh, weather report suit because he, for lack of a better term, takes a bullet for Jolene. Mm-hmm. And, you know, weather report transfers whatever is left of his suit over to Jolene, and he's starting to get the stuff sucked out of him. Like, he is getting completely effed up by the zero vacuum. Oh, absolutely. And what? And once again, Jolene's threats just just being clutch. Just being clutch. Like, I, I wonder what the range of, of those threads are. Because uh, she reached Wrangler from where she was at and not only jammed up his uh, guns, but also stopped the uh, rest of the screws and everything from, like, piercing her inside the suit. Like, that was awesome. Yeah, definitely. it definitely was. And so now that she finally got a hold of Wrangler, just draws him in. And, you know, if you ever seen, oh, that old Schwarzenegger movie, uh, Total Recall, where the guy goes out from the uh, protective space and uh, into the atmosphere and just gets, like, boiled and blown up. Uh, we almost get a recreation of that. But then Wrangler creates oxygen in the bottle, and it's essentially going to use that as a grenade. <clears throat> and so Jolene uh, gives him a warning uh, not to do that, but Wrangler doesn't listen. He finally turns gravity off to normal, and instead of going away from Jolene, the... Uh, ha, 
the burst of air that came in just knocked him towards her uh, her aura aura range, and he got a beat down. Oh yeah, he should have deactivated sooner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He told them so. But and... did they listen, Anthony? No. Ooh. And so uh, Wrangler is uh, put out of commission. She gets the card. She's in. Okay. She's not in the best shape, but she's not injured. But weather reports basically out for the rest of whatever fight is left. Because uh, he just got completely effed up. Like he took a beating, and yeah. so she uses uh, the card to request uh, someone to open the gate, and she's greeted by our good friend the priest. And that's how this episode ended. So uh, when Jolene and uh, Poochie first met, what did you guys think was going to happen? I thought Jolene was going to immediately start ororing him. Mm -hmm. Because she doesn't know who she can trust. So she has to treat everyone as like a combatant. But she didn't. And that gives me reason to think Maybe, maybe she's kind of religious and doesn't want to attack a priest. Anthony? Oh, yeah. Um, honestly, could you imagine if she did attack him? Like, for one, we, he would have, she would have already known he was at the, at the start. And then thus, you know... So many different things could have happened, but the fact that she kind of like was standoffish, I think it's because like she, you know, I guess because she's like, oh, he's 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 the priest. The what's he doing here? You know, she's kind of thrown off by the whole thing. I feel like yeah. if it had somebody else, she probably would have like attacked them immediately. But you know, I guess. It's it's her it's it's it you know it's a it's her one weakness where like you know she's she is that caring and thoughtful when it comes to like you know certain people. Right, and it led to a pretty interesting dynamic because uh, Pucci also kind of had to play is had to play this close to the chest, and we'll go ahead and move on to the last episode, which before we get into the details of it, uh. With the sound effects coming on for this one, it tells me we're going to get another opening next season. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, anytime there's any kind of special effects, new opening. So I'm hoping they don't change the ending, though. Like, I hope the ending they- is pretty damn good. Like, I hope they do a Diamond is Unbreakable and keep the ending throughout the season. Because, yeah, yeah that- they nailed the ending the first time. You know what? They might find something else. And I'm not going to judge them because all the endings they picked so far, pretty banging. But I think this one's too perfect. But Agreed. Just, that's just me. But just had to get the uh, SF, the sound effects uh, opening out there uh, before we moved on. And, you know, moving on to Pucci, he also kind of had to play this close to the chest because. He didn't know who was helping her out. You know, he... Like, he played it smart. They said, oh yeah, Jolene Cujo made a phone call. 
and Poochie's like, and so this episode uh, not only kind of takes place in the present, but we also get some flashbacks going on as well. But Poochie played the smart. He's like, okay, uh, you know, I like to monitor all the calls just to make sure, you know, if they're talking to their family. You know, he's putting up the front like, pardon me. Oh, I hope they're talking to their families or, you know, mm-hmm. how they found God or all that. But, you know, he had the wherewithal. Jolie and Cujo made a call. Yeah, I got to listen to this immediately. And that's the thing I like about Poochie. He is not letting this problem kind of fester in the background. He's taking immediate action against these guys. Like, not just like, oh, she's giving me problems. I got to find someone to eliminate her. And, you know, oh, she talked to Speedwagon Foundation and she's going to be there. I, you know, I got to set something up so she doesn't reach the courtyard. But he was also playing the smart because he's like, I could send out uh, White Snake to get her, but he had someone help her. I don't know who or what that or where that person is, so I can't really unleash White Snake right now because then I could get exposed. I can get knocked out. I can lose. Yeah, you know, it's what I really enjoyed it, and so Pucci. He's like, listen, I'm a man of God. I'll grant you one minute to go to the courtyard, but then you have to come back here. He lets her go. But that's because he set up a guard in the courtyard to shoot her immediately. This man, 3D chess moves right there. So what was your thoughts of seeing her getting shot in the courtyard? Uh, Poochie's intelligent and okay how is she going to get out of this because that that was just intense that was like oh shoot she got shot yeah I literally forgot this happened I was like wow I did not see that coming yeah she's been getting beat up a lot too oh yeah she's Things hurt quick. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at first, you know, we all think, oh, this is clearly the speed wagon rep. Nope. Just another prison guard. And Pucci is like, I played this smart. You know, I didn't reveal my stand. Their partner thinks I just let her go. But the guard still showed up. He's going to eliminate her. Going to retrieve the disc. We call it a day. And you know yeah. we get our we got our flashback to 1988 when Pucci met Dio, and Dio told him he found a way to reach heaven without dying. And we found out and we find out why Pucci needed a Jodoro's memory disc. He uh, he wrote a plan down. Jodoro uh, at some after. At some point after he killed Dio, burned the book down. And so Pucci, wanting to achieve Dio's plan to reach heaven, needs he needs uh, what Jotaro saw that day to be able to achieve his plan. And so, you know, we get our big thing. You know, we get some questions answered, like, what's Pucci's connection? We find out why. He mm-hmm. was... Uh, 
a follower of Dio who wants to see his uh, plan go through. Uh, why did he only take one of the discs? We know why. Stand disc is worthless to him. He just needed the memory disc. He needs and information. Exactly. Yeah. Also, I think he just he just got, got to kept, he just took the stand disc because like that way Jotaro wouldn't be a nuisance to him once he or once he got his memories. He was like, oh, I'm gonna go ahead and just take a stand too. That way he won't be oppose me or stop me physically. Mm-hmm. And so. You know, you get a lot of those questions answered, and Weather Report still kind of, you know, he's still in the background. He's hurt, and so he hears the gunshots, and you know, he just tries to pull a hail mary to try to help Jolene out. And you know, the I know it's going to be said a lot about this show, but in my bingo card for this show, raining poisonous. Dart frogs uh, was not on my card. That was but, not expected. But I like how you know they put it up there. Between 1920 and 1980, Florida experienced a record number of rain of foreign and exotic animals just coming down and raining upon them. You know that just sounds like Florida, man. That that is Florida. Yeah. <laughs> Right? You can't have anything in Florida. You're either going to get attacked by gators or it's going to rain poison dart frogs from the sky. Yeah. But, you know, it just goes more to uh, weather reports like vast power of, you know, just how impressive controlling the weather is. He just made it rain frogs. Like, he somehow had the wherewithal to summon a storm that transferred poisonous frogs from a jungle somewhere nowhere near America to America in a matter of seconds. Bizarre. Yeah, he might be broken. He might be broken. So what you're telling me is that he rocked him like a hurricane. I set myself up for that. I can't even yeah. that. <laughs> I regret nothing. Of course you don't. Why would you? That was I good. Can't be mad. I can't be mad. But it rains frogs. And so before, you know, the security guard can attack Jolie, you know, the frog just lands on him. And if you don't know anything about the poison dart frogs, those things, the poison of those things can knock out an elephant. And so this guard just is just getting swelled up by this. And it is just ridiculous. And it's at this point where it starts raining frogs and Pucci sees like one of them almost land on him that he realizes, what the F weather report? Why? And so you see, oh, there is probably a connection between these two. And we know that Pucci's stand can take discs, especially memory discs. Oh, there's got to be a reason. Like, these two probably know each other from somewhere or something. And Pucci took this guy's memory disc, but he didn't kill him. Why? 
But the but why leave the stand disc intact? Right, and that's the thing. It's like, why leave the stand disc intact? And just the fact that Bucci was able to recognize her ally was Weather Report. Okay, something's up here. And so Pucci just couldn't really go anywhere. And so he brings out Whitesnake to basically start punching the frogs away from him so that they don't touch him. And then Jolene starts using her stand to basically create a, a cocoon around her so those frogs don't land on her. And so we just have like minutes of frogs raining down. And so uh, at one, probably one of the funniest scenes in here is when Pucci like is calling for a guard because uh, Pucci, well, one, the security guard from the outside uh, goes uh, to give Pucci like his uh, security card and Pucci just kills the guy and says, yeah, you'll get to heaven. Uses his card to go back inside and then there's another locked door. And so he calls out for another guard to uh, rescue him or uh, to open the door. The security guard says, no, don't worry, father. I'll go grab someone to help. I don't have clearance. And then he just offs that guy. Like, Peachy may be a man of God, but he is not afraid to off. Uh, uh, he's not afraid to off someone for his plans. Nope. That's the deal in him speaking. Mm-hmm. That influence is strong. <laughs> Stronger than God. <laughs> mm-hmm. And finally, the rain stops. Poochie's in a decent enough spot away from where the frogs are landing. And so he's using Whitesnake to find the stand disc. Because you think, oh, some of the poison probably got to jo Jolene. She's probably dead. And so as soon as Whitesnake grabs the disc, Jolene just pops in with a gotcha because what she used, like she used the frogs, right? Yeah, I think right. like, like some yeah. combination of like the frogs to where they would start bouncing off each other and the poison wouldn't seep onto her. And so they were right. like at a decent... Uh, enough space to where poison wouldn't just like fly off of them which again those threads are pretty OP and so she uses her threads to take the disc from Whitesnake and gives it to a carrier pigeon uh, from the Speedwagon Foundation and this led to one of the unintentionally most hilarious scenes of Whitesnake grabbing a gun and pointing it at a bird <laughs> I'm gonna pop, 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 pop that pigeon. <laughs> Dude, pissed. he he had no chance at that point. It was over. Mm hmm. And so instead of dwelling on it, once again, Poochie, playing it smart, calls off the stand so Jolene doesn't identify it. And so. Jero's stand coming back to him, his body will potentially stop dying for a bit. Like, as we've seen, as uh, Pucci claimed with the weather report, like, if he has his stand disc, he's not going to die. So, 
We avoided a bullet with Jotaro dying. But, you know, he's Poochie still has the memory disc. So he got the main thing that he wanted. So his plan really isn't foiled by much. And, you know, that's... At that point, that's the end of the first season. You know, a uh, end credit scene, uh, Whitesnake meets with another villain and asks him to test his abilities on a bone from Dio's body, but we don't know what Sports Max's ability is. Or Sports Maximum, as he's known in, in the English dub. Sports Maximum. Oh, Lord. Yeah, they had to change his name, too, because apparently... I think... Song or either artist? I don't. I honestly don't know. I mean, I can't imagine wanting to have that level of copyright protection on a band. It's a fashion brand. Oh, it's a fashion brand. Okay. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, duh, Anthony. Ugh, I forget. Yeah, that's it's a freaking God, uh, what a silly goose you are. Listen, my 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 information is only anime, Power Rangers, and Sentai. That's all. That's all I know. Like, I don't know anything I, else. I just looked it up. I just went to go look what his base is on and why they have to change it. Uh, but we don't know what his abilities are. We don't know what the significance of a bone from Dio's body is. So. But it kind of leaves some things for intrigue. And, you know, that's that's the end of the uh, season. So, overall thoughts on the first 12 episodes of uh, Don't Ocean. I guess if Anthony's not going first, I will. Wait, can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Okay. Um, I was just trying to think of what to say. Um, I really enjoyed these episodes. Um, like I said, I'm just not used to getting a butt buttload of episodes this fast. I'm just, I was, I'm, I'm so, I was so used to just having JoJo Fridays be a thing again, but now it's not a thing. And now I'm just kind of like, I had, I didn't really binge watch all the episodes at once. I kind of watched like the first five or six and then I watched the other half, like, sometime later on. I didn't really watch it all together. I watched it, like, if it was two-part, I definitely watched, watched those two at the same time. But if it was, like, just a single episode, I'll just watch that and then wait in time to watch another Riz? So, I savored it. Um, I watched the first two episodes uh, two days after Netflix dropped it. Finished it before the first podcast, like, an hour before. Didn't touch it again until two days ago when we started making plans to do the podcast again. Mm-hmm. And then I completed it yesterday and here I am. But yeah, I definitely agree with Anthony that having it in Ben's form like this, it feels weird because it's not the end here. But also, I don't know if this constitutes a whole season or not because it just feels like it feels like there's more to this season than what we've already seen. Right. Right. Um, so, 
I wouldn't call it season. I'll call it more like maybe Netflix release or some something. I know at some point in the next two months they're gonna redo all this in Japan for broadcast, and at that point, well, it'll be serialized once a week uh, with like Crunchyroll or something. Well, the thing is, it's already been released in Netflix Japan. Yeah. So it's not a matter of like, oh, they don't have a chance. Like, no, it all they already have all the episodes as well. Yeah. So I think most people are calling it a season because, well, we're already going to be getting a new episode. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Carrying on? Uh, right. Just uh, reading the chat. Uh, no, yeah. uh, we're more than likely going to be getting a new uh, opening, and so whenever a show gets a new opening, that's when people usually consider that like a new season. Uh, and also, just like kind of the release schedule, like it all came out at once. So, a lot of people have been calling it season one or part one, or uh, you know, the first third or whatnot. Uh, yeah, so that that's why most people are calling it season one. You know, I think it's right. just an easier catch-all term because you're right. Like it feels like there is more things that are waiting for us. You know, there's more things that haven't been answered, but you know, it still felt like it ended in a way that a season finale would end. Yeah, it doesn't feel like a finale of like a season. Yeah. Like, Um, we got a resolution. We got like a very good climax for this. Like, this would be like, I'm like, this is definitely a great way to kind of end, like, the first part of this. You know, the first, the first arc. The first kind yeah. of big arc of it. Yeah. And so, like, that's why a lot of people are calling it seasons. But me personally, like, it was good. And if it can keep up this kind of pace throughout, this might... Like, if it keeps going the way it is with, like, the interesting fights, the characters, you know, and the music, you know, just, like, and even the fights, it's like, man, this might end up being my favorite part, the way it keeps going. I'm in the same boat right now, Miguel, because up until I started 6, I thought part 3 my favorite part of all time, but this is rivaling it, man, and I'm... I'm just amazed that something is rivaling part three to me. Um, and I don't know if people say that part four is their favorite, but part three for me hit different. No, everyone has their own kind of favorites and whatnot. And it's like the one thing I like, because like, I think everyone will universally put part one as kind of their least favorite. And that's not a knock on part one at all. It's just... Oh. Part one is nine episodes, has like one standout fight, which is uh, the last fight with uh, Jonathan and Dio. It yeah. has like probably one of the best finales, just because if you're new to the series, you don't see that finale coming at all. 
Oh, absolutely not. Yeah, I actually did not first watched it. Like it took me by surprise. Like, but it's just like the way the series, the way the series like keeps growing with its uniqueness, with the way the fights are handled, the way the stories go. Like that's why part one is usually get gets put at the bottom because it's essentially it's not a Rocky's first story, but it's like the first one that he had a very consistent it's one that just kept growing it's like you know how the early parts of certain other mangas like it starts off slow before the author really kind of finds their groove and so that's why part one is like a lot of people put it towards the bottom because it's the shortest doesn't really have too many memorable fights has a great finale but it's but every other part has more on it than part one. But then after you yeah. get through part one, like being towards the bottom for a lot of people, everyone's favorites kind of get shifted around. There's not one universal. Um, yeah, no, I agree with that completely, 100%. Yeah. Sorry, I'm, but, just uh, looking, I'm just looking at our uh, at our chat for uh It's for all this. good. And so I'm getting a bit distracted, but no, and so from there, like, you know, some people really enjoyed part three. I think part three and five have been the weakest parts for me since part one. Mm-hmm. Just I like that. But again, that's not saying they're bad. It's just like for all the other parts I just liked more. Yeah, right. You said like a part four kind of guy, if I had to guess. I love part four and I love part two. I love but, part two and I love part three. Part yeah. five and four are good, right? But and like that's the one thing a lot of people also need to understand. Like, you know, when I say you know I think they're weaker compared to other parts, I'm not calling them bad. You know, there's some right. bad moments in all the parts. The gorilla. You know? Well, I mean, I, part of the reason why part three kind of hits so low for me, it's like, I feel like there's a lot of filler. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of fights that could have been condensed into one episode. Not the Agreed. Darby. Not the, uh, not the Darby fight in poker. That one Jungle Bongo. <laughs> right. But, like, I think the uh, the fight with uh, where Jotaro and Polnareff get turned into kids I think you could have easily condensed that into one part. And even uh, something with like the Mariah fight, which I absolutely love that with Abdul and old and Joseph against her. But even that one, I felt like you could have cut down into one part. Yeah. And yeah. I think David production kind of learned from that where like the most hype fight in the series, which should have been Jotaro and Dio, which is still an amazing end fight. But the animation for that, Compared to the other finales, yeah, not quite as good. No, I can I can definitely see that, yeah. And so they kind of learn to where like they can condense things down, and that's why parts four and five, and like I said, I we don't know how how many episodes part six is going to be, but you know it does feel like it's going down to that thirty six, thirty nine episode range. That's most likely what's going to happen. So, like, I feel like they kind of learned from part three, and 
you know, I think that's where part three kind of falls short for me. It's just like a lot of it does feel like filler until they reach Egypt. Then it does start to pick up. There's still a little bit of filler in there, but like the rest of that, that's when it really picks up, especially mm-hmm. once you get to Iggy and Pet Shop, like everything after that, like that starts off high and it just keeps shooting up. Like that's yeah. when you really start to feel the stakes come in. And, you know, yeah. love, love part four. Part five, slow beginning, great middle, ending kind of whack. Ending very whack. Cool moments, but ending kind of whack. Yeah. I remember trying to record that last yeah. part, and I was just like, hold on. Yeah. 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 Like I said, yeah. cool moments in it, but it's like... Dude suffered a fate worse than death. So, yeah, no, but then there's other people who love part five, who love that finale, you know, who think, you know, part two is the worst, or they think that part four is the worst because it's like not enough adventure in part in part four, you know, not enough traveling. They stick in one place, whereas the yeah. other parts, you know, yeah. part takes place in Italy, but they're traveling everywhere. So, like, that's the really unique thing about the series is that everyone has their favorites. Yeah. For various reasons. And like I said, yeah. the way part six is going, like this might just end up being my favorite part if it keeps yeah. up this pace. And I'm gonna same boat as you right now. Uh, what says you, Anthony? Um I'm I'm enjoying it so far. And to uh reiterate um uh, your take on part five, I think part five for me, honestly. I have mixed feelings on the ending. Everything up leading up to leading up to before the ending is great, but it's just the ending was just kind of just like they could have done something different. But I, that's just me though. Mm-hmm. Right. But now it's yeah. Uh, but so far, know. I'm enjoying it so far though. Mm-hmm. For part six, I mean. No. Yeah. It's been a fun ride, and you know who. Hopefully, we'll know here soon, soonish, or at some point uh, when they do plan on kind of releasing the next batch of episodes, or if doing just the first twelve episodes is going to be a one-time thing. Because when you look at the uh, when you look up the information on JoJo's, it's not an anime series; it's an online anime series or a web series. So, whenever it does premiere next it's going to be on Netflix or it is going to be on a streaming service uh, specifically for that streaming service. So we don't really have to worry too much about like when, oh, it probably won't come out until it finishes running in television in Japan. Mm-mm. It debuted number one among Japanese viewers on Netflix. So in Japan, when it debuted, number one. In the U.S., reached top six. Can you tell me the last time an anime debuted in on Netflix that debuted in the top ten? I honestly cannot no, tell you because I, I don't believe really watching my anime on Netflix like that. I don't even keep track of stuff like that to begin with. <laughs> like it'll show you on Netflix top ten trending. Yeah, and you know the <clears> last <throat> anime related thing I saw that was trending in the top ten was Cowboy Bebop, uh, which uh, as of today has been canceled. And you mean now, like uh, really? Yep. Uh, got yeah. the got the plug pulled on it. 
uh, earlier today. Uh, no, uh, that is kind of going to be the... Uh, that'll be a podcast for another time. We're going to have to talk about it. There's a lot to unpack in that one sentence you just said. Yes, there yeah. is. And... <laughs> and I, I still have yet to watch the live-action Cabo Bebop, so I honestly cannot really be like, oh, like... Oh, it sucks because I didn't work because I could have watched oh, it. Oh, 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 oh. oh, listen, we are having we are having happy talks about JoJo right now. We'll talk about not happy stuff later. We'll do that right. later. But <laughs> like I said, I don't know when's the next time we're gonna be able to kind of gather around like this to talk about Stone Ocean, and I'm really hoping it's sooner rather than later because yeah, uh, I really want to. Uh, I want more, and I know I could get more if I read the manga. But you know, anime only urges. You know, I I I think I'm just gonna wait and not get myself more spoiled on this part. Yeah. Uh, but one thing, one last shout out before we uh call we wrap this podcast up because we've been going for uh quite a bit. But yeah, there's a lot to unpack here. Uh, for the people who have read the manga, one last shout-out I want you guys... Or one last thing I want to shout-out is there was a person who uploaded an opening for Stone Ocean on YouTube back in 2008 uh, using uh, Cruel Angel's Thesis from Evangelion. I would not recommend you check this out if you haven't read Part 6 all the way through. Because there... There are going to be spoilers on there, but if you have, genuinely go check that out. Because this dude yeah, put this out 13 years before the anime premiered, three years before part one even got an anime adaptation. So huge shout outs to that guy, because I've seen that opening, and oh man, it is killer. <laughs> Absolutely killer, but did he, did he not do uh, for part five two years before part five even came out, or was it, was it somebody else? That might have been somebody else because this person, I know it was done in '08, but I don't mm -hmm. recall a part five one. I just recall the part six one. But that video is still up yeah, there. Yeah. Uh, like I said, if you read part six, definitely give it a go. The way the guy does it is pretty awesome. If you haven't, there are potential spoilers in there. So I would maybe read the manga if you want to check it out, or kind of just be confused by what's going on. But, <laughs> uh, no, we, uh, well, we wrap this up. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. Anthony Riz, awesome yep. talking with you guys about the show as always. This has been Miguel from Likewise. Signing out. Have a good night, everyone.